0: From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serin Ah, yes. Welcome once again to the Audio Imaginarium, dear friends. Why not gather around this electronic bonfire and warm yourself? There are stories to be told, secrets to be revealed... It's no accident that this program emanates from the confines of a studio located in a section of Toronto called Liberty Village, and on Jefferson Avenue, no less. Jefferson Avenue. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, who said, For here we are not afraid to follow truth, wherever it may lead, nor to tolerate any error, so long as reason is left free to combat it. Jefferson, who said... There is not a truth existing which I fear or would wish unknown to the whole world. We are, of course, fast approaching a Christmas. I, I think most students of the Bible have figured out that December 25th is not the actual date of birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Might have been September, might have been April. I'm in the, uh, the latter camp uh, yet yeah, that 's well that 's another show for another time, but december twenty fifth some say that 's Saturnalia nimrod 's birthday, yeah, we get it, uh, but I still celebrate i 'm able to i guess compartmentalize, and one day i 'll sit down with my little guys north and zach and and have that discussion but for now christmas christ 's birth is to be celebrated on December 25th, and we'll do it upright with presents and parties and toys and elves and a pagan tree and all the uh, the trimmings and trappings. All the while, though, we'll constantly remind ourselves that Christmas isn't for children. It's not about children. It's about a child. Incidentally, uh, throughout this program tonight, my little treasures, North and Zach, will be making... What I believe is their radio uh, debut tonight, and you'll have to indulge this proud father, please, we're going to hear from these little guys playing and singing from time to time throughout the uh, the program, but back to the child, the child, Jesus, uh, Yeshua. And I want to crib from one of my favorite uh, websites just to set up the uh, the next hour. It's uh, from World Net Daily. Not since Paul of the New Testament was struck blind by the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus has a Jewish man's vision of the Messiah created such a buzz. But the story of Yitzhak Kaduri, a legendary rabbi who died at age 108, is about to take the world by storm. A brand new book and video titled, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, tells the story of the venerated rabbi who, on the Day of Atonement in 2005, had a vision that until now has received scant attention by the global media. And here to talk about his new book and new documentary, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, is Carl Gallops. Carl is a longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. I had the pleasure of meeting Carl at the, at the Baptist Church down in Florida several years ago. He's the author of the bestseller Magic Man in the Sky. Additionally, he's a conference leader, evangelist, a Christian media icon. He's one of the founders of video teaching material to the world famous P.P. Simmons YouTube Ministry and Biblical Apologetics channel. He's a graduate of Florida State University and the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and as I say, his latest book, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, Carl Gallup's. How are you? Welcome.
1: Richard, it's so good to be with you. Yes, I remember when we were together in Florida, and I bet you're jealous of me right now, because we have... Uh some pretty nice winter weather here, as opposed to you guys in Toronto.
0: Well, uh, you know, I kind of like the, the, the snow for about two weeks, and then yeah. it starts to get old real yeah. fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I lived in Michigan the first 10 years of my life, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Of course, as a kid, we loved the snow, you know, every, every chance we could get it. I lived on a lake, so we got to do ice skating as well.
0: And you were in law enforcement as well uh, before you, you came to the ministry. Is that is that correct?
1: Yes, I was. I spent uh, right at 10, maybe a little more It's been so long ago, I can't remember, 10 or 11 years in Florida law enforcement, Uh, seven or eight of those years as uh, deputy sheriff in two different sheriff's offices in Florida. So, uh, yeah, sure did.
0: Let's talk about uh, Rabbi Kuduri. Now, 108 years old. It's actually, that's sort of questionable. Some say he may have been somewhere between 110 and 118. Hard to believe. Uh, But give us some insights into uh, who Rabbi Yitzhak Kuduri was.
1: Yeah. Well, you're, you're right. When he died in 2006, uh, most, uh, claims have him set at 108, but it's anywhere between 106 to 116. I <laughs> mean, the, the, the guy was an elderly gentleman, uh, born in the late 1800s. We don't know exactly when, obviously. His life spans, you know, the last of the 1800s, all of the 1900s, and, and right on into the 2000s. So, amazing fellow. When he died, Richard, over 300,000 people came to his funeral. They had to shut the city streets of Jerusalem down for almost two days. Ben-Gurion International Airport was cram-packed with airplanes flying in from all over Europe. Uh, Snippets of his funeral were carried on Fox News. I mean, I actually remember seeing that and and marveling at what a uh, beloved man this was. Millions of people around the world followed his ministry. Uh, he was living in the land, he was born in Iraq, uh, but uh, he was uh, living in the land of Israel as a young man with his young family uh, long before it was Israel. It was called Palestine back then. And uh, so, so anyway, really he's the most venerated, the most famous, the most beloved rabbi, many people would agree, in modern Israel's history. Uh, and, and, and that's what makes this story so shocking, and it's still unfolding, some elements of it are. And, uh, it's what makes it so shocking is this deeply rabbinical Jew, uh, steeped in, uh, Kabbalism, Kabbalah as well. Um, it just, you know, and revered by millions of Orthodox Jews around the world. And then he makes some, you know, purportedly made some, Founding proclamations uh, just before his death, and in a note after his death,
0: and we'll we'll discuss that uh, throughout the hour. Yeah, uh, b- but just a few more moments spending on uh, on on the man, uh, the Rabbi uh, Kaduri. There were a number of prophecies uh, that we'll discuss uh, attributed to him, and healings, as I understand. Mm-hmm. What what can you tell us about these uh, seemingly miraculous healings that uh, he, that are attributed to uh, the Rabbi? Well.
1: well you use the word properly, attributed. Uh, of course, you know I, I. We can only go by what people have said. But but throughout the years, um, he is reported to have been uh, the the, uh, the the giver of blessings, which resulted in healings. Now, here's the thing: he his ministry. He was a very quiet and humble gentleman, and was not loud. Was not forthcoming at all. Uh, But just over the years, he gained this reputation for being a man of wisdom, a man of brilliance, a a man with a photographic memory, a man who knew the the, the scriptures back and forward and all of the rabbinical writings and and teachings and and, uh, the oral traditions and, and the written traditions. And so people flocked to his doors for wisdom and for words of blessing and prayers of healing. And down through the years, many, many people, Richard, as you said, gave testimony that... They asked for certain healings and and they came true, they came to pass. they asked for certain blessings on top of healings they some people pro- proclaimed that they went to him with financial problems and said, "Please, please bless me with this, pray, pray for me and their financial problems would eventually disappear, et cetera et etc so there there 's a long line and you know with a with a man that old and with a ministry that long you, you know you, you you never know what's actually um Uh, verifiable or not, but the stories are out there. The anecdotal accounts are are there, uh, you know, uh, by the the scores and scores and scores. And so that's a part of his legacy, to be sure.
0: And uh, this this vision uh, that the rabbi had of the Messiah that created such a, well, to say a buzz is to put it mildly, Yeah. uh, uh, Take us back to that, that momentous occasion and this, this vision, which he – I understand he, he went into a trance, and when he came out of the trance, he announced to those gathered around him what he had seen. Tell us about what happened that
1: day. Yes, yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, amazing. it's, it's complex. I'm going to make this as simple as possible. But all the way back when he was a, a child, 13 to 16 years old, he had a pronouncement over him that he would live to, quote, see the Messiah. Then, when he was about 90 years old, you know, and after Israel was a nation, another famous rabbi pronounced another prophecy over him that he would live to see the Messiah and actually would, you know, would personally see and meet the Messiah. Well, in 2003, uh, I, I guess Kaduri would have been, you know, who knows, 100, 400, 500, 60 years old. He made his first pronouncement that he had had a vision of Messiah. People were attracted to that. They were astounded by that, and they began to question him. He let, you know, he let out a few details here and there of, 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 of various kind of cryptic descriptions of of the of the Messiah who was to come. But as you just referenced, the most astounding thing was in 2005, Richard, uh, just before his Yom Kippur service in October, and it is reported by some sources at his Yom Kippur service again, he announced to his followers, some of his closest followers, that he had had this vision, this revelation that Messiah has actually come to him. Now, in that Yom Kippur service, it is heavily reported, and I've got this documented in my book and resourced, that he did go into a trance-like state that lasted some 45 minutes. When he came out of it, he began to once again uh, emphasize that he had met the Messiah that he knew the Messiah, he knew the name of the Messiah, and he had told some followers uh, apparently some time before and at this meeting, according to some, that he had written the name of the real Messiah in a note, and that this note was to be sealed and opened only a year after his death. And the second astounding thing that he said was, that he also had been given the revelation that Messiah would not come until Ariel Sharon had died. Now, now, Richard, you know that when he made that pronouncement in 2005, Ariel Sharon was the 11th Prime Minister of Israel and was still um, Prime Minister at the time. Highly controversial uh, figure. Some hated him and some adored him. Some even proclaimed him to perhaps be... Uh, one of the Jewish messiahs that was being expected, so this guy was um, quite a quite a political figure, and to say that this man had to die before Messiah would come was another astounding uh, proclamation or revelation from this uh, from this venerated Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri. So those things were said right around October. And the reason I say you know right around is because some reports having him, have him saying these things before that Yom Kippur service, and other reports have him saying it uh, again there at that Yom Kippur service in front of those witnesses. So, so Carl, right in October is, is when he made these astounding pronouncements.
0: Carl, just going to jump in here as the music percolates. We'll uh, pick it up on the other side. Carl Gallops, the author of a book that has created quite a storm, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, also a brand new documentary. We'll tell you how to get both. When The Conspiracy Show continues, don't go away. Hi, my name is North, and I'm playing away in a manger. Thank you. That was my little north, tickling the ivories there on a old, beat-up, grand, upright piano that we've got in the, uh, the living room up in Thornhill. And uh, we'll scatter a few more uh, carols from uh, Courtesy of North and Zach as the <laughs> program proceeds. Thank you for uh, indulging this proud father. All right, Carl Gallups is with us, and we're discussing the rabbi who found Messiah, Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri, uh, before his death, Kaduri had said that he expected the Jewish Messiah to arrive soon and that he had met him a year earlier. And it's been alleged that he left a handwritten note to his followers that were reportedly instructed to only open the note after Rabbi Kaduri had been dead for one year. Now, before we get to the contents of that note, uh Carl, how did you find out about this story? I mean, it was reported, I think, briefly by only two news outlets in Israel and then... Sort of complete silence, from what I understand. How did yeah, you pick uh, up on
1: yeah. it? Yeah, well, thank you for asking, and I'm excited to tell you how I found out about it. But first, let me just say congratulations on that talent in your home, man. You, you're very blessed. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. Well, Richard, uh, and, and by the way, thank you for having me on your show tonight. Yes, I... Um, let, let me tell you how I became interested in this, and then let me tell you out of that how, how I knew about the story and then how the book and the movie came about. Um, in 2007, that was a year after Kaduri's death. Kaduri died uh, January 28, I think, or 24th, um, uh, 28th, 2006. A year later, uh, around April 2007, uh Israel today really is the one credited with running the biggest breaking story on it it was a uh i think it was a front page magazine article of their of their magazine published in many different languages but of course it was also in not only in their print edition but on the website a, a big article about this note and 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 following them was the hebrew only uh, media source called News First Class. I think it's now it's, it was it was uh, it went by the uh, the initials NFC. I think now it's called um, News One out of Israel, uh, Hebrew only. But News First Class in Israel today, two major Israeli sources coming right out of Jerusalem, they reported on this note that was revealed because Richard the no- the note was published on Kaduri's website not on some conspiracy theory website, not on some nebulous website, not not on some nefarious website, um, not on some Christian website, but on his website, kaduri.net. And Israel Today reported on the note, and so did News First Class. Now, the note, uh, well, well, let me get back to answering your question. So when that report came out, sometime later, I guess it was maybe a year after that, it was brought to my attention as I had just founded the P.P. P. Simmons News and Ministry Network on the internet, and it was becoming insanely popular. And somebody sent me a, a, a clip of that and said, "You got to check this out. Look at look at this rabbi." Well, when I went to the site, Richard, I remembered. I remembered when he died because, as I said, I remembered Fox News doing some snippets and reports on it, and uh, mainstream media. I'm, I'm positive it was Fox. It might not have been, but it was mainstream. So I remembered the guy. Didn't know much about him, but. And so I read the Israel Today report, and I read the reports about News First Class, cause I, because I can't read Hebrew fluently, but I read reports about it printed in English. And I was just overwhelmed by this story of this, this rabbi, this, this <laughs> Orthodox Jewish rabbi coming from the rabbinical mode of Judaism, proclaiming it, it, that he had met the Messiah. And so Israel Today ran the story. I saw it. I took their story and journalistically put it in video format. Gave them all the credit for it, of course, uh, and took the story and uh and just just made a video about it and put it on PP P. Simmons News, just reporting this news. Well, the viral, I mean, the the video went viral, Richard. Just went crazy. Went all over the world and you know millions of, of views between not only the video on our site but the video was pulled down and put all over Facebook and YouTube, etc. Well, so. We uh, just followed it, and and, uh, of course, you know, it said Ariel Sharon had to die first. Well, Ariel Sharon, right after Yitzhak Kaduri made that pronouncement in 2005, Ariel Sharon went into a coma. He had a a stroke and went into a coma, and Richard, as you know, Ariel Sharon's still alive.
0: Eight years later, languishing in a coma, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, seven years later. In fact, this year, the seventh year, in January, Fox News reported, and this is in my book, resource, that brainwave activity was beginning to uh, kind of kind of come forefront again, and it looked like he might even be waking up. And in September of this year, uh, there was some surgery done on, on, uh, on uh, Ariel Sharon, uh, on his stomach, and they inserted a feeding tube as well. So, I mean, the man is not only living, but they're doing surgery on him and doing brainwave tests seven years later. So, anyway... Anyway, to answer your question, so in 2007, I saw this, made the video, got interested in it, been following the story along for some years, just, just keeping track of Ariel Sharon and and then watching the outrage of the Jewish community as they tried to deny it and cover it up and, and, and then watching the media basically shut the story down. Well, early, early, early this year, uh, I guess January, maybe even uh, December of last year, I was contacted by my publishers, and as you said, when you introduced me, I had already written a book with WND Books called The Magic Man in the Sky, and uh, Joseph Farah, the president of the company, um, had been on the Internet. He was fascinated by this story as well, unbeknownst to me. He had been studying up on it, and he called me up said, Carl, he said, you know about this Yitzhak Kaduri guy? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I did a video on it, and he said, yeah. He laughed. He said, I know. He said, that's why I'm calling you. He says. Because every place I went to read about this, he said, over and over, I kept bumping into your video. And he said, I, I, I recognized your voice. And he said, I know this guy from somewhere. He, he said, then it dawned on me, well, that's Carl Gallup. He said, this guy writes for us. <laughs> and he said, so he said, I'm telling you, Carl, nobody has written a book about this. And Ariel Sharon is still living and, you know, he's, he's, he's they're doing brainwave tests on him, and, and, and this guy made this amazing pronouncement, and this story is still unfolding, and there's not a book out there anywhere in the world on it. He said, you need to write a book on it. He said, you, you know about this story. You made the video. You need to write a book. And he said, if if we like your manuscript, he said, I'll commit the resources, and we'll get a, a really good uh, producer, and, and we'll make a, a documentary movie about it. So I said, uh, okay, uh, let's do it. And so I spent many months uh, researching and compiling things together, uh, putting the book together, sending the manuscript. Uh, they loved the manuscript, and I praise God for that. And they did. They made a, a documentary movie that is just first class. People that have watched it have commented that it needs to be on the History Channel. I mean, you're getting a lot of those comments on the Internet. So uh, George Escobar, award-winning film producer, W&D Films, produced the movie. So the book and the movie's out there, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. So that's kind of my journey with it. Um, I, I guess I made the first, maybe, I'm, I'm just saying this, I could be corrected, but I think I made the first video about it. Uh, as I said, Israel Today and News First Class ran the first stories on it. But then I made the video, and it, and it, and it went crazy, and uh, now I've written the book, and as of now, it's the first and only book on the topic.
0: And so we, we must now get to the note in question, which, as you explained, was sealed to be opened posthumously uh, one year after the death of Rabbi yes. Kuduri. And from what I understand, you'll walk us through this, but the the I guess the revelation came in the form of an acronym, did it not?
1: Yes, it did. It was coded, which is, would not be unusual for Rabbi Kaduri because, again, he was a student of Kabbalah, and you know, we can talk about Kabbalah all you, all you want. Um, I'm certainly not uh, uh, legitimizing it. Uh, most Christians would, would would say that Kabbalah, in its deepest sense, is um, is a mystical, almost magical. Uh, some would even say, with demonic connections. Uh, you know, numerology and looking for hidden messages and hidden codes to the point of almost making a, a Ouija board out of the scriptures. And so. So there are a lot of people who really freak out when you talk about somebody being involved in Kabbalah. But one of the uh, attributes of Kabbalah is to um, to kind of um, play with words and phrases and to make acronyms. But listen, I just want to remind your listeners that are Bible students that uh, not to get too freaked out about leaving a coded message. Because, by the way, uh, Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible, is a Hebrew-coded acronym. Um, Psalm 119, each section begins with the first Hebrew letter of the alphabet and then with each successive letter. Um, a lot of people, uh, Bible students, know that. In fact, there are quite a few psalms that do that, that uh, c- kind of play around with this acronym coding of the Hebrew alphabet. So, Doesn't
0: it say also, I think it's in, in, in Kings, it is, a, it is a godly matter to conceal a thing and a manly matter to search out a thing or something? To th- I'm paraphrasing
1: horribly. Well, well, yes, and not only that, Richard, and, and you've brilliantly stated that that, that, that really is a, a biblical thing, but when you get into the New Testament, you hear the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, was a rabbinical Jew, a rabbi of himself, a-, a Pharisee, a teacher of the law. Paul continually speaks, does he not, Richard, of mysteries and revealing mysteries and the mysteries that are to be revealed? Uh, you know, John, the revelator in the book of Revelation, speaks of, uh, of the number of his name, talking about the Antichrist. Many believe that that's a reference to the Hebrew uh, gematria, the, the numbering of the Hebrew letters and figuring out a person's attributes by the numbering of their name. John says that. Uh, the book of Acts talks about uh, the Apostle Paul um, uh, distributing uh, handkerchiefs, uh, you know, to people, uh, the handkerchiefs that he had touched and, and people were healed by receiving these gifts from the Apostle Paul. So, you, you know, I, I know that freaks out modern Christian, Western Christian readers, but you gotta remember, these guys were Jews, Paul and John, and they were rabbinical Jews. And, uh, you know, this, this Kabbalah has been around for a long time, and, and, it, and, and it's steeped in their hearts and minds the mysteries of God and how God reveals himself sometimes step by step in mysterious ways. So, um, yes, the note was left, back to your original question, in a coded format. And here is my theory. Now, I can't prove this, Richard, but my theory is the note, when it was opened, I think was placed on his website by his webmaster or somebody. I mean, you know, you've got a website. Not just anybody has access to that. I mean, Somebody wanting to play a trick on you would have a hard time throwing up a fake note on your website. Number one, getting in there and doing it. Number two, it wouldn't stay there very long before you or somebody would find it and pull it down. But yet this note was there on his website, and guess what? A year after he died, just like he said. And so here's a note, and I'm going to tell your listeners what it said in English, because, of course, he wrote it in Hebrew. And it's just a it's just a, a phrase that sounds like it would have come from the Old Testament. It sounds like something a Jew would say, uh, you know, a Hebrew would say. But yet the note itself contained the formula for the code for interpreting it. And here's what the note said, Richard. It said, and I'm going to say it in English, but it was, it was written in Hebrew, and the note was on the website. Israel Today reported it. News First Class reported it. Here's what it said. By the way, his website is kuduri.net. But the note said concerning the letter abbreviation of his name, comma... Now, I want to stop and say his name. His who? His name? Well, the Messiah, because that's what he said. He said, I'm going to leave the name of the real Messiah. So when he says concerning the letter abbreviation of his name, he's needing the Messiah. So he says concerning the letter abbreviation of his name, comma, he shall lift his people... And prove that the word and the law are valid. Well, that certainly sounds like something the Messiah would do. I hear the music, so on the other side, do you want me to give the revelation of what it meant?
0: You are a veteran broadcaster. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) All right, we'll do exactly that, Carl. Carl Gallops is with us, the author of The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Hi, my name is Zachary. I'm going to play Jingle Bells. Jingle, 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 jingle. All right, I guess you've probably pieced together which of the two is the ham in this scenario. <laughs> a Christmas-cured ham, no less. Uh, question is, will he be the next Bruno Mars, or I'm sort of secretly hoping as a classic rock aficionado, the next Mars Bonfire. All right, there's one for you. Can you figure that out for you classic rock fans? Mars Bonfire, the keyboardist for great Canadian band. Wait for it. Steppenwolf. All right. Carl Gallup stays with us as we discuss his uh, book which and a documentary, which created quite a storm. Uh, and for obvious reasons, as we'll get into, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah. So back to this uh, cryptic note that he left. Uh, it was sealed to be opened posthumously. It was revealed on his website, Rabbi, Rabbi Kaduri's website, a year after he passed. And um, you, you talked about the, the translation. I've, heur- I've heard uh, s- something somewhat similar. Maybe the meaning is the same. He will raise the people and confirm that his word and law are standing. Yes. That yes. sort of jives with what you were saying.
1: Yeah, Well, that's right. I mean, when you translate from Hebrew to English, there, there are variations in how you could translate it. But, but most of the translations have it saying, uh, concerning the letter abbreviation of his name, comma, he will raise his people, and prove that the law and the word, the word and the law, are valid. Okay. Now, that's certainly now. Now the note is talking about the Messiah, and he promised he would reveal the name of the Messiah. Well, that note, at its surface reading, does not reveal the name. No. But it reveals attributes of the Messiah. Uh, you know, he he shall lift his people. Uh, he will prove that the word and the law are valid. Okay. Okay. Those are messianic descriptions. But watch this. The first part of that sentence says what? Concerning the letter abbreviation of his name, comma. Well, many people saw that that was the way that the note was supposed to be decoded. And I'm going to tell you what it said, then I'm going to give you my theory on why the note disappeared from the website and why now the Kaduri family and some of the closest, closest inside followers are proclaiming that the whole thing is a hoax and a lie. And, of course, they don't like my book. But all my book does is just journalistically report the facts. You know, it's not preachy. I don't jump up and down and proclaim that this is that. But I do report it in great detail. And Orthodox Jews uh, are not real happy with it because I think they thought the story was shut down. And I'll give you my theory of what happened, of what probably happened to, to cause this. But anyway, so they looked at the note. And it says, concerning the letter abbreviation of his name. Well, they realized, oh my gosh, this note is encoded. It's, 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 it has a code, and it's and the letter abbreviation of his name. So the rest of the note must be an acronym, kind of like Psalm 119. So they took the next words, uh, he shall lift his people and prove that the word and law are valid. Now, those are a bunch of words in English, but in Hebrew, that, that sentence, that Thought is represented by six Hebrew words, and when you take the first letter of each of those remaining six Hebrew words, Richard, yes, shockingly, the word that is revealed is Yahoshua, or the shortened version of that is Yeshua, Yeshua Yahoshua, and the Romanized Greek version is is um, Iesus and and from Romanized Greek to English is Jesus. So, yes. so this, this rabbinical, uh, you know, this, this revered, venerated rabbi uh, of Kabbalistic tradition, Orthodox rabbinical Judaism, uh, the most revered rabbi in, in, in modern Israel's history, perhaps in the world during his day, 300,000 people came to his funeral. He leaves a note. That when decoded says the real name of the real Messiah is Jesus. That shook the Jewish Orthodox world to its foundations.
0: Understandably, understandably, yes. and one has to appreciate the sensitivity
1: here. Oh the... yes, oh yes, and and I've tried to be very sensitive in handling this. In fact, I've been very gracious to the Kaduri family, not only in the book but in my in the movie, um, and and we just report the facts and we we um, uh, document our sources uh, clearly and carefully. Uh, but but the bottom line is that would be tantamount to. Billy Graham, who's, bless his soul, is, you know, he's on, on his deathbed, apparently, according to some of his own people here in the recent headline news just in the past few few days, read on Drudge just the other day that his own family is saying that he's passing very quickly. Uh, but that would be like if Billy Graham passed and, and left a note. And a year later we opened it and it said, look, the real Messiah, I know who it is. The real Messiah is Muhammad." I mean, I mean that, would, that would shake the Christian world to its foundations. Well, that's the very effect that this note from this Billy Graham of Judaism had. Now, let me give you my theory on what probably happened with all of this.
0: We'll do that when we come back, uh, Carl. Okay. Carl Gallups is with us, the rabbi who found Messiah, right here on the conspiracy show, Don't You Dare Go Away. Hello, my name my name's North, and we're gonna play <laughs> Hi, my name is North, and I'm going to play you We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. You said quit fast. Yeah, but not the last four notes. Yeah, you're getting some of the behind the scenes action in that recording there. That'll all be released, I guess, on the uh, you know the the bootleg album or something. Little North there playing around with some polyrhythms or something. I don't know some interesting time signatures there to say the least. All right, Carl Carl Gallup stays with us as we discuss the rabbi who found Messiah. And, uh, again, you know, we understand, obviously, tremendous sensitivity, uh, must be paid here. The, uh, yeah. the analogy that you made, Carl, I think is, is, uh, uh, quite, uh, brilliant, actually. Imagine if, for Christians, uh, Billy Graham, on his deathbed, uh, you know, were to leave a, a, a note to be opened posthumously, and when it was revealed, Billy Graham were to pronounce that the Messiah is Muhammad. Uh, that's the sort of, you know, earth-shattering uh, impact this must have uh, uh, for the uh, for the Jewish community when their most revered one of their most revered rabbis uh, seals a note that is revealed that reveals the name of the Messiah to be Yeshua or Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, I can't even imagine what that must be like uh, for them. So the 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 son of uh, Rabbi Kuduri, um claims that this was a forgery, this note is a hoax, it's not the real deal. How can we be certain that he's not right?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a possibility that he is right, and I deal with that possibility in my book. As I said, I I think my book is written very fairly, very journalistically, and with all deference to the Kaduri family. Uh, Listen, I have no desire to harm the legacy of this man. I mean, within his faith... Uh, theater of faith. Uh, he was um, quite a remarkable, remarkable man and, and, and ha- has, a, has a, uh, an amazing legacy. But listen, Kaduri himself is the one who said he saw Messiah. He himself is the one who said, you know, I, I know his name. Uh, I mean, many, many witnesses know this. We In my book and in the movie, the movie, we actually have film footage of students Uh, older men, I'm not talking about 20-year-old students, I'm talking about 50, 60-year-old men of his rabbinical training school who are on film testifying that Kaduri not only spoke of this vision of Messiah in his rabbinical training school, but he actually spoke of Yehoshua as being Messiah in his school. And a couple of his students actually gave their lives to Yehoshua as Messiah, as Lord, as a result of Kaduri's teaching now. Kaduri wasn't running an evangelistic camp, and he wasn't giving invitations like we would think of in Western Christianity. But, but, but for you know his son David to just flat out deny. In fact, we have David Kaduri on film saying, "My father never even spoke of Messiah at all." Well, now that's not accurate, <laughs> you know, Richard. That's not the truth. I mean, we, we, we I mean, uh, Israeli media printed uh, Kaduri's statements about Messiah. Um, and his visions of Messiah, and again, we have his own students on film. So anyway, here's what I think happened, Richard. Now, I can't prove this, but this, you know, being an ex-cop and an investigator, this, this makes investigative sense to me. Uh, first of all, the possibilities are that David Kuduri's right. It is a big hoax, but you have to explain a couple of things. First, you have to say, well, if it's a hoax, who in the world had access and why, after all these years later, do you not have any clue as to who gained access to the website and put it up there? Number two, why would anybody want to do that? I mean, within the Jewish world, who would want to do that? And if it was within the uh, you know some Christian uh, world that that was trying to do this, what well, in seven years later, why why haven't we discovered anything about that? Well, we haven't. Secondly, We know he was going to leave a note because he said that publicly. So where's the real note? I mean, if this one's a fake, where's the real one? And why doesn't anybody talk about that?
0: Listen, uh, let me ask you here, just jump in here for a second. And and that is that the the, the note that was revealed on the website, was this a scan of the actual handwritten note?
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, mean, that's what's being reported, and that's what it, it surely looks like. And as a matter of fact, Israel today... When I contacted the folks at Israel Today, they told me, said, look, Carl, we stand by our story. We we investigated this. We talked to his followers. We scanned the note. We took the note to David Kaduri. David Kaduri drug out some of his father's handwriting, trying to convince us that this was not his father's handwriting. And he said, of course, he dug out, drug out handwriting from 70 or 80 years back. I mean, you know, the man was 108 years old. So and they said see this doesn't match and well you know of course a, a 20, 30 year old handwriting wouldn't match somebody that's 108 but anyway so yes richard that's it's reported to be a, an actual scan of his own handwriting so and which came by the way let me be redundant from his own website now here's what i think happened i think that they opened the note and i think they that is his own followers and people with access to his website his webmaster whoever i think they put the note up on the website because it was so astounding you know everybody the whole jewish world was waiting to hear from this rabbi like he had always given them you know prophecies and tantalizing tidbits of the future and so they they wanted to attract people to the website and they were announcing here's here's the note here's the note and it was there but it was just there In those words, those cryptic words, that I think somebody, once they figured out, oh my gosh, he's left an acronym, and once they saw it, I think, Richard, it freaked them out. And I think immediately they pulled it down and started doing damage control. To me, that's what it appears like. Now, I could be wrong, and I deal with all of these possibilities in my book, but to me, as a former cop and just somebody with an analytical mind, and, and, and just dealing with all the facts and asking the questions, well, if this isn't the note, where is the note? And if it is a hoax, then who did it, and why have you not investigated it, and why have you not come up with a solution or, or an alternative answer? I mean, th- their only response was, once they figured out that the note said that the name of the Messiah is Jesus, once they figured that out, their response was, take it off the website and claim that it's a hoax. Well, until they figured out that that's what it said, it was on the website, and nobody was claiming it was a hoax. Do you see my reasoning, Richard? I do.
0: Uh, who was uh, responsible for actually, I guess, decoding the acronym? Do we have a name?
1: You know, I don't. And it's so hard to find out who decoded it, who put the note on the website, who took it down, because they've just the media just shut it down. They just shut it down. Again, Israel Today was the first one who jumped all over it and and did some pretty deep investigation but even they were kind of locked out uh, as to getting details as to who actually you know uh, put it there who who decoded it but but the thing is anybody who knows Hebrew uh, can decode it easily if if you see the Hebrew words and in, in fact in my book i have it illustrated with with the words circled and so that anybody that and, and, of course, it's you know translated into English, but anybody who can read Hebrew can double-check what, what's in the book. I mean, you can see it. It's, and there, there's,
0: no way, no cipher, there's no other way – I'm no cipher – there's no other way of decoding this to come up with a different a- a- acronym. There's no, only one answer.
1: I, I, as far as I can see, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no other way, but no one else has proffered uh, another way, Richard, and I can't see another way when you take the letter abbreviation – of each of those six words remaining after the instructions are given, it is Yehoshua. Now, let me say this for you and your listeners, and this is one of the arguments of the Orthodox Jews. Well, Yehoshua, translated directly to English, is nothing more than just Joshua. Joshua. And there are millions of Joshuas, even in Jesus' day. There were m- millions of Yeshuas in Jesus' day. Not millions, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm exaggerating, but you know, a lot. It was a very common name. Sure, sure. Like Joshua or John is now. Yeah, who's in to English? say
0: that the Jewish Messiah uh, it could also be named Joshua and is not the same Yeshua that, uh, you know, that we consider okay. our Savior as Christians?
1: Yes, and let me address that. I address that in the book, and that is a possibility, and that's one of the arguments that the Orthodox Jews are making who can't really explain away the note, they're saying, well, okay, okay, if the note is his, all it says is the Messiah is Joshua. And that could be anyone. Well, my answer to that is, number one, you're correct, it could be. Because it doesn't say Jesus the Christ or Jesus of Nazareth. But there's two huge stumbling blocks that stand in the way. And that is, his own students are on film saying that, He taught Yehoshua, Jesus of the New Testament, was the Christ in his seminary. And several students gave their lives to Jesus as the Christ because of it, number one. Number two, he said he was going to leave the name of the real Messiah. Well, Richard, there's only one faith system in all the world who holds up as Messiah a person that has the name Yehoshua. And that is the New Testament uh, revelation of Jesus Christ of Nazareth as Messiah. So I know the argument could be made, well, he didn't really say who it was. He just said Yehoshua. Well, I know, but his declaration was, I'm going to tell you who Messiah is. And as I said, there's only one faith system. And as I said, students from his own seminary, before he passed, they're on film saying, Look, he was teaching this in, in a seminary. This no, no, is no new revelation to us. And in fact, one guy is on there saying, and after he taught this, he said, I continued to search the Old Testament scriptures and determined that Jesus was the Christ. But you know, Richard, this shouldn't surprise us. This is what happened 2,000 years ago. This is what we're celebrating right here at Christmas time the Jews were looking for a Jewish Messiah. And when God put on flesh, he put on Jewish flesh. And he came under the name, according to the announcement of the angel, Yehoshua, which means God is our salvation, or God saves. And he was rejected by his own people, Richard. But but after the resurrection, he was preached unto his own people, and thousands of Jews came to Yehoshua as Christ and Messiah, including Pharisees and priests, the book of Acts tells us, and including a rabbi who had some Kabbalah in him by the name of Paul, who not only had a vision, a revelation of Messiah, but it was revealed to him that Yehoshua was the Christ, and he spent the rest of his life declaring Yehoshua was the Christ, but he was eventually killed for it, and he was imprisoned for it all of his life. He was beaten for it by his own people. So this, this this Jewish rejection of Yehoshua, I deal with it in my book heavily, and I deal with it in the film. In fact, uh, 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 Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, as you know, the New York Times number one bestseller of The Harbinger, he's in the movie with me, and he explains this Jewish mindset. So, so the reaction of the Jews to the book and to the movie and to this revelation and to this story that the Jewish media shut down, in fact, the whole world mainstream media shut down, it shouldn't surprise us. I mean, this has been the reaction to the name of Jesus uh, for 2,000 years, Richard.
0: Well, Carl, I wish we had more time, and perhaps we'll have you back on at some point to discuss uh, a little bit further, um, particularly the, the prophecy that revolves around the Second Coming and its connection to the, uh, the, the death of uh, Ariel Sharon, which has obviously yeah. not happened uh, yet, as right. he continues to linger in a, in a coma. Uh, in the meantime, the rabbi who found Messiah, the documentary and the book, both available from WorldNet Daily.
1: Yes, absolutely. You can get it at Amazon.com, bookstores all over, uh, well, the United States, I'm sure, and Canada as well, and uh, at at WND Bookstore, at the Superstore, World Net Daily. In fact, the direct link to get the book and the movie is RabbiWhoFoundMessiah.com, or just get it at Amazon.
0: Carl Gallup's appreciate your time tonight. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas to you, Richard. It's an honor to be with you. God bless you. God bless you.
0: All right. RichardSarrett.com. Be patient. It's being revamped, hoping to relaunch just before Christmas. That's your portal to The Conspiracy Show. In the meantime, say hello on Twitter, at RichardSarrett. And as always, follow the truth.